Welcome to Corporate Talks Retirement, an audio podcast about investing in the stock market, financial planning, money management, and retirement planning. Each Wednesday, we help investors at all stages of life learn how to grow and preserve their money from first job through retirement. Now here's your host, Miguel Gonzalez. Good morning and welcome to Corporate Speaks Retirement audio podcast. On this episode, I'm going to help investors understand the relationship between inflation and bonds based on the Federal Reserve's new announcement. I will also review the week on Wall Street and discuss how to save taxes by utilizing earned income tax credits. With the change in of season, I will also share our weekly healthy tip of creating a meal with in-season fruits and vegetables. This week's educational update comes from the Fed. Uh, Specifically, uh, the Fed talked inflation and bond investors listened. Most recently, you may have read that the Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, announced a change in how the Fed views inflation. In the past, the Fed said it would consider adjusting short-term rates when inflation approached 2%. But in light of this year's many challenges, the Fed's new policy may allow inflation to run above 2% for a period of time before any shift in monetary policy is considered. For many, bonds are a critical component of their overall investment strategy, so any change in Fed policy regarding inflation may influence a portfolio. That's why it is important to understand that the market value of a bond will fluctuate with changes in interest rates. In other words, when interest rates rise, the value of existing bonds will typically fall. There's no doubt this will be a subtle change for many, but for bond investors, the policy shift may indicate that the Fed has given itself more flexibility in the future. But what does that mean for the outlook of the bond market as a whole? It's unclear. However, lower levels of unemployment in recent years have not led to higher inflation. The new phenomenon runs counter to the Phillips curve, a concept which states that inflation and unemployment have a stable and inverse relationship. With this data in mind and the changes by Chairman Powell, it could be argued that the Fed believes the relationship between unemployment and inflation has changed. Keep in mind that as an investor sells a bond before maturity, it may be worth more or less than their initial purchase price. By holding a bond to maturity, an investor will receive the interest payments due, plus your original principal barring default by the issuer. Investments seeking to achieve higher yields also involve a higher degree of risk. And that's this week's economic educational update. And now, last week on Wall Street. Stocks advanced last week propelled by hopes that legislators may reach an agreement for a new fiscal stimulus package and optimism generated by a few corporate deal announcements and initial public offerings. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 1.87%, while the S&P 500 increased 1.52%. The Nasdaq Composite Index gained 1.48% for the week. The MSCI EFA index, which tracks developed overseas stock markets, advanced 1.56. The summer brought an economic rebound and continuing of the stock market rally the beginning spring. In late September, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's GDP now tracker estimates real gross domestic product growth of 32% for the third quarter. All three of the major Wall Street benchmarks advanced in third quarter. The S&P 500 added nearly 8%, ending the quarter up about 4% for the year. Even so, U.S. equities slumped in September as traders worried that the stock market might be getting ahead of the economy. 
In Washington, the Federal Reserve altered its monetary policy stance and forecasts low interest rates for the near future. Hopes for another economic stimulus dimmed in Congress. On Main Street, the coronavirus pandemic remained top of mind, but improvements in hiring, consumer confidence, and retail sales were evident. Entering the fourth quarter, analysts wondered how volatile the financial markets might manage some unknowns. A potential uptick in COVID-19 cases in the fall, the pace of vaccine development, the outcome of the presidential election, and undetermined prospects for additional economic support of businesses and households. The U.S. economy last week. Many positive signals appeared last quarter. Millions of Americans went to work again. Monthly net job growth topped 1.7 million in July and 1.3 million a month later. Unemployment, which had hit 14.7% in April, fell to 10.2% in July to 8.4% in August. And the U6 rate, counting both underemployed and unemployed Americans, declined from 16.5% to 14.2%. Consumer confidence, as measured by the Conference Board's Monthly Income Index, leaped to 1.01.8% in August from 86.3%. Again, the Consumer Confidence Index leaped from 1.01.8% in August uh, to from 86.3% in July. Households kept up their buying. Retail sales were up year, to, year over year through August, even though supplemental unemployment benefits expired at the end of July. Industries also grew. According to research from the Institute for Supply Management, when ISM monthly purchasing manager index for the manufacturing and services sector surpasses 50, those sectors, those sectors are judged by ISM to be expanding. ISM services... PMI was at 58.1 in July and 56.9 in August. Its manufacturing index reached 54.2 in July, a month that saw a 6%, 6 6.4% rise in U.S. factory orders and 56 in August. Home sales soared as summer began, and although that momentum tailed off, sales did not retreat. Residential resales were up 24.7% in July and another 2.4% in August. New home buying increased 4.8% for August after a 14.7% July climb. Housing starts and building permits were up up to 17.9% in the first month of the quarter, but then they both declined. Our permits sixth dipped and final 0.9% segment of the audio podcast. Is our quote of the week. In the our quote of the week year. comes from Sonia more than a century, Sotomayor, the Associate Justice of the Primary Monetary of the Policy Objectives, to manage and inflation and to guide the economy toward a state of maximum employment. Historically, managing inflation has come first. Again, a so it made news on August 27 when Jerome Powell announced that the central bank would seek to achieve inflation that averages 2% over time, rather than proactively adjust short-term interest rates when inflation approaches that established target. In other words, it would tolerate a little more inflation than it had in the past as a trade-off for spurring the economy. The Fed kept federal federal funds rate in the 0% to 0.25% range in the quarter, and its September consensus interest rate forecast showed it's expected no change for short-term interest rates through 2022. 
The global markets and the global economy, the economies worldwide continue to labor under the coronavirus pandemic, and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development revised their estimates of global economic activity for 2020 and 2021. The IMF sees a 3% contraction for global gross domestic product this year, with the global economy showing 5.8% next year. The economic cooperation and development uh, estimates a 4.5% pullback for global GDP in 2020 and then a 5% rebound in 2021. The quarter ended with no agreement yet on a post-Brexit trade deal between the United Kingdom and the European Union as the post-Brexit transition period ends December 31st. Complicating matters, UK lawmakers introduced a bill that would disregard conditions for trade with Northern Ireland established as part of Brexit, which the EU has hotly protested. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson wants both parties to reach a free trade agreement this month. Johnson is aiming for a pact without quotas or tariffs attached, similar to the arrangement the UK has made with Canada. Looking at foreign stock exchanges, some significant quarterly gains stand out. South Korea's Kospi index rose 11.2% in three months. No other consequential overseas benchmark advanced double digits in third quarter. China's Shanghai Composite added 7.82%. Taiwan's index added 7.7%. Argentina's Maval added 4.69%. Japan's Nikkei added 4.02% and Germany's DAX added 3.65%. On the other side of the ledger, Hong Kong's Hang Seng retreated 3.96%. Spain's IBEX dipped 7.12%. MSCI EFA index, which tracks large companies across developed countries in Europe and Asia, rose 4.90 in the third quarter. Now we have to start looking back and looking forward. And stocks powered through July and August entering historic territory in midsummer. In particular, August saw a powerful rally. The Nasdaq Composite climbed 9.59% in August, and the Dow Jones Industrial gained 7.57%, finishing with its best in August since 1984. Advancing 7.01% to cap a five-month winning streak, the S&P 500 had its best August since 1986. September got off to a good start with a new record close for the S&P 500, 3,580.84. Then reservations about the rally surfaced. Traders began to question the sustainability of the summer economic recovery and whether a full uptick in the corona infections might hurt business and consumer spending. The S&P ended September at 3,363, retreating 3.92% for the month. The Dow lost 2.28% in September to fall to 27,781.70. And the Nasdaq gave up 5.16%, declining to 11,000. 167.51. The 10-year Treasury yield spent all of the third quarter between 0.52% and 0.74%, reaching the top of that range in late August. Wall Street enters the fourth quarter with a bit of uncertainty. The November election results may produce any number of reactions. There are only educated guesses as to when the coronavirus vaccine may appear and how effective they may be. 
The first reading on third quarter gross domestic product growth is on October 27, roughly one week before Election Day. Federal Reserve officials expect low interest rates and very little inflation through 2022. Sustained low interest rates, low interest rates could drive more borrowing and business involvement and improve the outlook of the housing market. And this week, uh, Monday, yesterday, uh, two days ago, we saw earnings data for the Institute of Supply Management, ISM index. Uh, yesterday, we had job openings and labor turnover survey report. Today, we have the Federal Open Markets Committee meeting minutes report. And tomorrow, the data reporting is jobless claim. We also have companies that reported earnings uh, last week, Tuesday, or la- yesterday. Uh, Tuesday, we had paychecks, stock symbol PAYX report, and we had Levi Strauss stock symbol L-E-V-I and that's last week on Wall Street and the third segment of this audio podcast is weekly tax tip and this weekly tax tip comes from the irs.gov website and it involves how you can benefit from the earned income tax credit the earned income tax credit may be able to help taxpayers put more money in their pocket. There are a few groups of people that should consider looking into the credit more. These groups may include Native Americans. If a Native American taxpayer receives income as an employee or from owning a business, they may be eligible for the earned income tax credit. Second group are grandparents. Grandparents who are raising grandchildren may be able to benefit from the earned income tax credit. They should make sure that the child meets the qualified child requirements. There's also a few other considerations and special rules for this segment. The third group that should consider the earned income tax credit is taxpayers in rural areas. If you live in a rural area, you may be eligible for the credit. The IRS has prepared the IEITC assistant, which is the Earned Income Tax Credit Assistant, to help taxpayers determine if they qualify for this benefit. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax professional. And again, this week's tax tip comes from IRS.gov. And it was regarding earned income tax credit. The fourth segment of this audio podcast is our healthy lifestyle advice. Uh, it's considering that uh, more of us are cooking meals at home and with the season changing, I wanted to discuss healthy meal options and how to shop in-season produce. If you're looking to mix up your dinner game, eat healthier, and benefit the environment, one of the easiest things you could do is enjoy in-season produce. Not only is this produce fresher, but it is also better for the environment because it takes less energy to produce and transport. Want to enjoy some delicious fall produce? Here are some of what's in season this year. Apples, beets, broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, fennel, figs, pears, potatoes, sweet potatoes, and squash. So again, these are delicious in season fall produce. Cozy up and create a warm, delicious dish with some of this in-season produce and cook a healthy, hearty meal with your family. In-season produce is healthier, fresher, and often requires fewer preservatives, pesticides, and transportation. Braise, bake, or boil all this delicious fall produce. And again, this week's healthy lifestyle advice tip 
comes from Savior.com, S-E-V-E-U-R. Um, and a fifth segment of our audio podcast is Green Living Ideas. And this week's Green Living Idea is three tips to clear the clutter. Again, three tips to clear the clutter. Here are some tips to help. Respect your belongings and invest where it matters. If you buy lots of cheap products, you value them less than a few quality pieces. Also consider where your stuff comes from. It can be easy to just click add to cart and have something at your house in two days, but everything is manufactured somewhere and requires labor, transportation, and materials. You should also consider what you're buying and if you actually need it. Will you use this products in two years? Can you make it can you make do with what you already have? Uh, these are some great tips to declutter. Uh, and remember, stuff takes up not just space, but also time. When you buy less, you'll have more room for the things that matter most in life. I really love this uh, weekly green uh, idea, and I found it on earthshare.org. That's E-A-R-T-H-S-H-A-R-E.org. Our sixth and final segment of the audio podcast is our quote of the week. Our quote of the week comes from Sonia Sotomayor, the Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. And the quote goes, A surplus of effort could overcome a deficit of confidence. Again, a surplus of effort could overcome a deficit of confidence by Sonia Sotomayor. Make sure to visit our website, www.corpburgretirement.com. Our site is filled with educational videos ebooks, publications, and financial calculators designed to help you learn more about your finances. As you search our site, send us a note regarding any questions you may have about any particular investment concepts or products. We will get back to you quickly with a thoughtful answer. My name is Miguel Gonzalez, and I'm a retirement specialist and managing partner with Corpberg Retirement Advisor, signing off for this week's educational update and audio podcast. The opinions expressed and material provided are for general information and should not be considered a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor. CRC conferred by the International Foundation for Retirement Education. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, LLC a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group, LLC, and Corporate Retirement Advisors, Inc. are separate entities from LPL Financial. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.